You are listening to Two Drop Tables and a Microphone, an information security podcast with a Canadian perspective and the only tech podcast with a three-drink minimum. We are the place for information security news and how it affects you as either a security professional or a general consumer. The views and opinions expressed by the hosts and our guests are solely their own and do not reflect the views and opinions of their employers, past or present. All right, everyone. Thanks for tuning in to episode number seven of the Two Drop Tables and Microphone podcast. We have Mark. I am Mark Speed, lead consultant at Dogwood Technical Solutions. And John. I'm John Roperto from the provincial government. And finally, me, your host for this evening, Dom. I work for the Ministry of Transportation and Infrastructure here with the province of British Columbia. Anyway, just so you know that I will have a dis, uh, what was it a disclaimer here that uh, none of this uh, none of the, none of the material that we say has anything to do with our employers or anything of that sort. So anyway, let's get started here. The topics we'll be discussing are uh, let's see. I know I have them here. <laughs> Thanks for prepping, Dom. <laughs> oh yeah, that's great prepping, right? <laughs> So, uh, popular app, topic one, popular apps, sending private data. Like, if this is anything new, of course, they're trying to monetize your data and, uh, you know, talk about Google. But uh, here we'll be talking about the AccuWeather app, one of the, the most popular weather apps out there. Second, we'll be talking about hacking road signs for fun. By the way, um, we will not be held responsible if you actually go and decide to do this. So, uh, just bear that in mind. And three, the Gazer backdoor Trojan targeting embassies and other institutions worldwide. Maybe uh, they're saying that uh, it's from the Turla advanced persistent threat. We will get into that. But first off, let's get into topic number one, the popular apps sending data, private data, even if the app is no longer functioning, s- sort of. So, AccuWeather. Now, AccuWeather has been sending information, to, even if uh, your location information, to anybody or back to them, even if you're not using it. How do you feel about that? Me? I don't know. That'd be kind of creepy, to be honest. Like, having some company know where I'm at every time that I have this app on my phone. I don't know. I don't have it on my phone, for obvious reasons. So, what do you think? Uh, yeah, I would like it if people could sort of make that decision themselves, right? Like people have obviously installed AccuWeather and have their location uh, sharing turned off on their phone because they don't want any of their apps knowing their location. You can punch in like, you know, I'm in Victoria and I'm in Vancouver, I'm in Calgary or whatever and get the weather. It usually knows about where you are from Wi-Fi and whatever else anyway. Um, there's no need for them to have exact GPS coordinates of where you are. So the scary thing here is that people have said on their phone, don't send location data. And then all of a sudden, <clears throat> um, yeah. their phone, that this app is doing it anyway. And it's oh. not just it's not just app data. I mean, it's just not location data. It's like contact information. It's uh, uh, whatever you're typing in, like uh, whatever the app's functionality, it's sending it to somewhere. And... Uh, I mean, it's uh, even if it's deactivated, it could still be recording. It could still be, let's say you're texting. Now, you know, that's why I recommend Signal. Right? And uh, it's it's something that 
that's that's uh, that they do right, and they do this to monetize the information that uh, that you're giving them. I mean, Google does this on a routine basis. That's that's what their uh, that's what their revenue stream is essentially. But uh, but for sure, yeah. I think Google did it first, and Google and Facebook use this sort of data, but they use it for themselves. They're not sharing it and selling it. Whereas this is AccuWeather saying, you know, fuck what the person says. We're going to send the data anyway. And it took somebody looking at the traffic, leaving their device on their network to figure out, hey, this is happening, and they're doing something they shouldn't be. This is why everyone should uninstall AccuWeather. I uninstalled it. Uh, I gave them a one-star review. And told them that because of their lack of privacy, and I'm, I'm uninstalling it, so should everyone else. Um, this only affects the iPhone version, because with mm-hmm. the Android version, you could do the granular um, app permissions. Yeah, absolutely. And if you said, no, don't do it, then it wouldn't do it. But iOS was doing it anyway, just because they can. So that's something that Android is doing better than iOS. Absolutely. So are they doing it and it's a bug, or it's... They just didn't really realize it because what they're saying here is they're sending it to bug or a feature. Well, so they're sending it to a data firm, right? So they say it's completely anonymized. They get all these coordinates and they just feed it for advertising. Um, but they're doing it with the location turned off. So how are they still able to send it with it turned on? They're using GPS and still sending coordinates, or what are they doing? Well, they could be using it to um, sell data. It's part of data mining that they're probably selling data to uh, other third-party customers like restaurants and stuff like that. And then they probably go through Facebook and saying, yeah, uh, you're, G- you're going to your GPS coordinates. You always seem to hang around this area. And then they are start aver- throwing advertisements for certain restaurants within that given area. I mean, I've seen that uh, with other apps or with uh, Facebook, for example. And uh, that was just like, okay, uh, I don't like that. <laughs> Facebook's one weird one. That one always creeped me out. Like for the longest time, I didn't have a Facebook account. And I had a fake one. And when I logged in on my fake one, it would suggest like, oh, do you know this person? Do you know that person? Who are like people I hung around with? And I never oh, looked yeah. at their Facebook. It just knew Hey, all these people are your friends. I'm like, how is it doing this? I wasn't sharing contacts. Maybe it was getting them anyway, but it was pretty creepy. But yeah, that's um, the other thing. There's a one of the. I was looking at the story, and someone on Reddit saying he left a negative review on the Android Store for AccuWeather, and the dev ended up responding, which basically confirms what Dom just said. You know, this issue was a concern associated with a partnership on our iOS application. And yeah, that's that's the thing. I mean, it's uh, it, they're they are working together on this. Like they're selling data to other companies, and uh, that's how that's how Google does it. Facebook does it. And and the thing is, is that they Facebook and Google use artificial intelligence. They use uh, deep learning, machine learning, uh, to do this. That's why, as Marks alluded to earlier, was why oh how do they know right it's well they have this uh, they have these uh, ai systems in place and that that's disturbing i think All the biggest big data stuff oh the, absolutely the, the bug the thing that bugs me the most i think is the fact that they can do it without permission it's fine that you can do it do whatever the hell you want just don't do it if i say don't do it now they're saying they've published a statement saying okay we're publishing we're giving sending an update going live tuesday morning that's going to absolutely turn off and all the data transmitted back completely in the app. So obviously they're bowing to 
oh, the consumer, which good, but they should have caught this in the first place. Yeah, exactly. And, and that's the thing. I mean, privacy isn't so much about concealing your information, but it's rather about you having the ability to control your information, the information that is about you. So that's why we have like laws in place to say, oh, do, you, do we have, you know, for consent to use your information and so on, or to protect uh, really sensitive parts of, you know, about you, such as your medical records or anything else that, uh, that, you know, that could be potentially embarrassing or uh, could compromise your health and so on. And I mean, it's not, it's, 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 that's, that's, that's the key here. You don't have control of your information. And that's what's scary. Yeah, and a lot of people are sharing all sorts of stuff they don't mean to. A lot of apps have uh, a lot of permissions they don't need. Um, Google's gone through a couple times and removed apps from the store in like huge blocks because people are building apps that are stealing info. Um, and one thing that also popped up when I was researching this story is AccuWeather uh, for Android, anyway, is uh, some carriers like AT and T are installing it as part of like their package, like for their phones. Oh, so you can't where? even uninstall it there. You'd have to root your phone and then remove it or, or just hide it, but it's still there and it's still running. So like, I hate crapware like that. Yeah. That's, that's I don't know terrible. how they get away with it. That's almost like buying a Dell computer, or your, you know, whatever HP Lenovo, and it comes with a whole bunch of crap in, installed, but you can go in on it uninstall it it still kind of sucks but whatever they're making a bit of money maybe the phone should be cheaper laptop should be cheaper because of that but at least on a pc you could remove it like i think people would lose it Mm. uh, if they couldn't touch those apps that were installed oh absolutely and and that's the other thing too it's it's it sounds like a partnership between accuweather and at&t and at&t didn't want doesn't want you removing the accuweather app probably because because they're getting money oh of course Right. I mean, but that's the thing. I mean, it's, I don't want that on my phone. I don't want the, and, and that tells me, okay, well, what else is there? Like I see bloatware on my phone from Bell or there's Telus or whatever. Aren't, aren't Bell and Telus doing this? Probably. Wouldn't surprise me. Yeah. Get like the um, Nexus line of devices or the other like Google um, certified devices that just have bare Google Android on it and nothing else. And now, what you have to check every app that you install, uh, run it through your PC, run Wireshark or whatever Fiddler, and check all your HTTP traffic to make sure it's not doing what it's not supposed to be doing. Yeah. Yeah. How do you trust anybody anymore? I know, and that's that's the thing. Can you really trust what you're putting on your phone? I believe you know. I look into this, and Evernote uh, does the same thing. I'm like, Evernote's a simple note-taking app. Why is it wanting to access everything else? It's like it doesn't need it. And most people don't notice. Like, I had an update for the RBC banking app once, and when I clicked it, it said that it needed all these new permissions. And it was like, boo your photos, contacts. And basically, they clicked all the buttons. So I didn't install it, and I went left <laughs> a shitty review. And I was like, what? Why do you need all this stuff for? And it turned out like that got on the news and everything, and they were saying that, oh, we actually don't need all those. It was a mistake. I'm just like, man. Yeah, exactly. How many people just click all these things and have no idea? Yeah, absolutely. And, or they don't care. They just want to get something done quick. And that's, what, that's, that's actually how they get you. Well, what are you supposed to do? It's your banking app, right? You're like, I want to do banking. 
exactly. What, am I going to go into the branch all the time? You're just like, well, I have to uninstall. It's not like there's another option unless you switch banks. And that's not something people do so easily. Absolutely. Yeah. And the, the other thing, too, have is, you. And the other thing too, is that that other banking app probably will do the same thing. Exactly. All right. So uh, before we move on to the next topic, what is everybody drinking today? I'm drinking the uh, Gibson's Finest Rare Canada 150 Edition 12-year-old Scotch Whiskey. I'm drinking uh, Jack and Coke. Nice. Yeah, Morgan Spice Rum. Just uh, straight. Excellent. And Coke. Come on. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> you don't have to make it sweeter than it already is, eh? <laughs> so good. <laughs> All right, moving on. So we're talking about uh, weather signs, or not weather signs. Okay, I'm just like mixing things up here. Hi, hi, hi. <laughs> <laughs> road signs? Road signs, hacking road signs for fun and profit. By the way, if, if uh, anybody hacks, decides to hack road signs, I, I, I will, we will not be held responsible for this, just, just so you know, for the viewers out there. Anyway, let's get on to it. I found this interesting article on jalopnik.com about how to hack an electronic road sign. This is the portable signs, not the big uh, dynamic messaging signs you see. These are the portable signs that construction crews have around. Uh, this, this sign can be essentially very uh, hacked uh, to put whatever messages you want on there. On this site, I'm, being, I'm seeing things like zombies ahead or uh, the British are coming. I think, you know, by the way, this is in the United States. Um, and uh, zombie... Yeah, raptors ahead, <laughs> and so on and so forth. And these signs are surprisingly easy to hack. Uh, all you have to do is just be physically located at the sign. And uh, hopefully, you know, if you can, not to break into the locks, <laughs> but to just saying that the signs are, they're probably locked, but uh, once you, if you could get into, yeah, you just have to enter a very easy password and, uh, Basically, you can have a field day with these things. In there, that's no little caveat, right? It's physical access, much mm -hmm. like anything. Uh, when you get physical access, it makes it a lot easier. But it's uh, when you, when you look at these, it's like typical, typical, you know, device default username password. And even if it's not, it's very easy to like reset the sign. Exactly. Back to default to dots or whatever they said the password was. Yeah, the password dots and. Uh, what, Department of Transportation or something, and uh, <laughs> and go from there. So it's uh, it's pretty funny. It just reminds me of another like Internet of Things device. It's just there, default security. No one really cares. They think no one's going to bother touching those. And then there you go. Yeah, absolutely. And that's what this this comes down to is uh, the insecurity of things, <laughs> per se. And uh, you know, I mean. Internet of Things is becoming more and more ubiquitous, and uh, ha you know, hacking hacking them like uh, is more and more. You know, you can do more and more damage uh, with uh, hacking of Internet of Things. It's not like the old days where, oh yeah, I could just hack a PLC or I can hack one of these road signs, and uh, you now nothing's really going to happen. But you know, you'd be surprised nowadays. People are more in tune to the screen. You know, you could put something on there saying accident up ahead, and then you think, oh, uh, um, maybe I should slow down, and then you could uh, disrupt traffic that way. 
and that's the scary thing. And I mean, these 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 uh, portable road signs especially need to be better secured. And it's just like any other Internet of, Internet of Things. You know, I mean, people pay attention to uh, to these uh, to these devices more and more. Like uh, they will believe what's on the screen, and it comes down to even Stuxnet. Stuxnet manipulated the screen, saying, "Oh, the centrifuges are all fine," but in fact, they're spinning uh, uh, so high that uh, they're burning out. And uh, that's that's actually how they uh, people didn't notice it until it was too late. And I was just like, okay, with these. And it could happen with these uh, other devices. What about cameras? You can manipulate uh, internet-connected cameras. So it's 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 uh, actually shocking, and I'm just uh, concerned that uh, that uh, you know these devices need to be better secured. Yeah, someone put up political messages during the 2016 U.S. election in Dallas, and mm-hmm. I was reading the news story about that. And apparently, it's a third-degree felony carrying up to 10 years in prison. Yep, exactly. So the other, not the only other. like it's it's a crime to access any computer electronic device that's not yours that you don't have permission to. Uh, this could be particularly dangerous and particularly uh, potentially distracting to drivers. So one, Absolutely. don't do it. And if it's locked, doubly it's doubly criminal now because you're breaking. Mm-hmm. Exactly. And the other thing too is that uh, they need better phys- physical security, like uh, to, to protect these things, and also having a password like dots. Like, come on. I mean, they got they, these passwords have to be changed. I don't even know, you know, I mean, could these passwords be changed? But, you know, I, what I recommend is to that these passwords definitely be changed to be something that is uh, more robust than just simply DOTS. Yeah, in Canada, we don't have departments. We have ministries, so I'm not sure what it would be here. But um, I think they just want the password to be commonplace. So you can grab any sign, move it somewhere. You know, they all probably have the same key. And apparently, most of them aren't even locked. People weren't oh. picking the locks when they were making these mm. oh, sign exactly. changes. They were just unlocked. They're just closed and just just figuring someone won't walk up there, right? And the other thing, too, is uh, I look at the, the signs. I mean, uh, in a construction zone, I mean, like uh, uh, in highway construction zone, if you have a long stretch of highway that's under construction being repaved or whatever, these signs are everywhere. And, um, you know, makes it a target rich environment. And they could. And the other thing, too, is that uh, it's got to be something that has to be they have to be better secured. Like they and even here, I mean, they probably they're these signs are probably being used by contractors. They're not being you. They're not owned or uh, being used by the ministry themselves, per se. They're being used by uh, contractors and the contractors don't think about this. You know, they got to get this job done and they got to do it quickly. But the thing is, if this, if these signs were hacked, you know, the contractor could be put into a bad position. I don't even know where they even think of it that way. You know, it's like, oh, it's my sign. I put it in, you know, like so many people don't really uh, associate these things with it being a computer or something that can be connected to a network or anything like that. It's just, it's a sign even though it's an electronic sign, it's just it's a sign. I put it up. We do our work, and they don't even think of that security aspect of it. I think no, they don't, and that's that's what's shocking to me. <clears throat> but the thing is, is that I look at what about uh, what about the other devices that uh, they deploy, right? Like if there if there are other devices out there, what if what if they do, and what if they can be hacked to, uh, like what if, about the sensors that they use? 
I've worked at a place that had electronic sign where you could, you know, change what was on the menu or whatever, and it used a remote and a, and a, with a keyboard attached to it, basically. Oh, that's genius. So I wonder what those. <laughs> wonder what um, it wasn't IR because that wouldn't have worked, but I don't know. It's probably RF. Yeah, most likely it was RF, probably using 2.4 or 900 megahertz or 2.4 gigahertz spectrum, or even a 433 megahertz spectrum used by a lot of devices. So, yeah, it wouldn't surprise me. You know, I mean, you can get a yardstick one and you can uh, hack those remote devices without actually having physical access to the to the sign itself. See, I would do those and not the road signs. Yeah. Seems like you get in a lot less trouble. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> <laughs> I don't want to physically be anywhere. I got to hack anything. Oh, I know. It's easier to do it remotely. <laughs> I'm a pansy that way. Oh, yeah. But some some of them are determined. You know, they might have a political cause, right? Like they might have a uh, whatever it is that they're trying to do and uh, or trying to send a message, you know, like that they really believe in. Like, um, like they could be they could be a white supremacist or something or they could be it could be a, uh, another um or crazy Antifa. Or crazy Antifa. It's, or, it's more or, likely than a white supremacist. Oh, probably. Yeah, it wouldn't surprise me. But it could be anything, right? It could be a political. It could be somebody's who upset with the road system, and then they want to get their message out there, and they want every driver to see it. I noticed that a lot of the construction zones around here will have not only like a security company, but there's a police car sitting at that McKenzie overpass constantly. Oh, of course. Yeah, I remember. Yeah, I always see police cars there. You know they're everywhere, but uh, sometimes you know when I when I drive down the Malat, you know I can see these road signs are everywhere, and I would just oh there's no cop here, there's no oh there's cops down the street. Those ones are they, way up on the pole, like to give you the traffic conditions and stuff. Oh yeah, those those ones we don't have to worry with. about so much. They're centrally managed, but um, but more of these uh, these portable ones. You know, I mean, if you're say there at three in the morning. Uh, break into the box and then uh, send the me- uh, change the message. Boom, right? And then you know it's ready for rush hour at six between six, you know six a.m. to ten a.m. So tell us more about how these are connected and centrally managed, there, Dom. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not talking about these uh, portable signs, though. But uh, I'd rather not. I'm just not. <laughs> I'm just kidding. <laughs> Don't want to divulge too much information. No, so change default passwords on everything. That's just dumb. That's pretty much common sense, right? I mean, it's 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 basic security hygiene. They're just going to put a sticker with a password on it if they change passwords, though. Oh, I know. <laughs> I've seen that. Oh, man, it's oh. just shocking what I see with that. The password management tool or something. I mean, of all the signs, they're all labeled. They all have a password. Put them sort of password management tool, and everyone, you know, that becomes a policy and a new procedure. Exactly. You know what it you was, can do. Uh, you know ahead. what you can do is use two two FA on these signs, right? Like, uh, like you could uh, have a uh, have somebody with a key. Uh, uh, what was it like a USB dongle on their set of keys? They open up the the box. I need to make a change to the sign. They put in the USB key. They enter the password, and then boom, they make the change to the sign, and they're ready to go. Yep, just like that. Or just lock them with a good lock. Oh, exactly. Like something. Not like a master number three you could break in two seconds. <laughs> oh, but God, yeah. Because if someone has to kneel there and pick the lock, then they're not going to do that on the side of the highway, more likely. Oh, exactly. 
And that's the other thing too, right? It's, you know, just to pick the lock. Uh, yeah, if, if you have a good lock, you know, make it uh, tough to pick. Make sure that it, it is tough to pick. And then, uh, yeah, it, it basically increases the work factor. Yeah, even one or two security pins will slow down people enough that they won't want to sit there kneeling by it. Oh, yeah, exactly. Exactly. All right, let's move on to the next topic. Let's see, the next topic, we're talking about the Gazer Trojan. Now, this is uh, just came out in the news in the last week about uh, this uh, Russian APT called Turla. Uh, they've been uh, uh, deploying this, uh, this uh, tool called Gazer, uh, through phishing scams and whatnot to embassies and other institutions worldwide. Um, and it's pretty scary. Uh, it uh, it uh, can, can, do, can do a whole host of things. And I'm just looking at this and thinking, where do they get the certificates from? Did they hack a CA or something? I've noticed that uh, they've been using uh there are the like certificates that um i think it was one come from komodo i've noticed that uh, it says here from komodo and i'm thinking where was it uh that they hacked a dutch um certificate authority a while back or uh, i think uh, even later that there was a there was another one that was hacked um, and that they picked up uh, some of these uh, uh, the, the private keys for these certificates. So I'm thinking that uh, they've probably been using those and then uh, what was it, combining them with phishing attacks that uh, they, they're able to uh, deploy these uh, uh, deploy the Gazer toolkit using, using all sorts of things. And this Turla group has been out for a while. So yeah, they looks like they're at it again. Yeah, it's a bit scary. This is like all cyber espionage. It's built to spy on embassies and stuff like that, like southeastern Europe, as well as countries in the for, uh, former Soviet Union. Yep, exactly. So that's and one of the things why they think it's uh, Turla that's doing it, because the targets are in line with Turla's traditional targets. Um, and then the MO of the group of how this is working is starting with but it always starts with spear phishing, oh, it uh, does, yeah. which drops a first stage backdoor, and then the second stage backdoor, which is uh, Gazer, Gazer, whatever it is. Yeah, whatever they but, call it. Um, uh, always starting with spear phishing, man. It is. It's. It's. There's a pattern here. Easiest way, right? And especially when it's targeted towards governments and all that stuff. It's just once you get one. I mean, look at the ones that come to us. You get one. And then all of a sudden you get an email that looks like it's from a contact from someone else in your organization, and then it just spreads. Right? Mm -hmm. And it's uh, it seems like those are pretty common targets, like governments and embassy, just that that kind of endpoint. Yep, exactly. And it seems like um, the Russians are really engaging in that. They call it um, uh, Kaspersky has called it uh, uh, this group White Bear. Now you got Fancy Bear, Cozy Bear, now you got White Bear, a.k.a. Turla. And I mean, it's, they don't even know who these people are, but uh, they are probably at their tie to probably the FSB or the GRU, uh, you know, the Russian Russian gangs, or, or maybe even Russian organized crime. You know, you never know. 
but uh, it's uh, they they they've been busy. Let's just say they've been really really busy. Even with this particular backdoor, there's four different versions. Yeah, exactly. Like they and they've written it in C so they they're good. Yeah, so there's valid SSL certificates. So I guess someone somehow owns. Like it's not hard to to start a company and then get a cert, but. You know, the, the the times I've done it, I've had to supply some information. Exactly. I mean, and that's the other thing, too, is that you have to supply probably private information, too, I would imagine, that, uh, you know, so that they can generate the keys, so they can use those keys to tell who they, who's from. Yeah, well, to get even to get a regular SSL cert for Internet or whatever, you need to say that, you know, you, if I make it, you know, Mark's, you know, garbage hauling dot ca. Like, uh, if I want to get an SSL certificate for that, they'll make sure that Mark's garbage hauling is a corporate identity that I have rights to. Yeah, exactly. So that you're not trying to fake somebody else, right? And then yeah. uh, you use it in a spear phishing campaign. Yeah. So I don't. It's been a while since I've done it. Um, in larger orgs, I've had someone else do that, right? We've owned our own domain, and it's just subdomains typically we're buying. But um, I've had to send ID, all sorts of stuff, like photocopies to uh, to registrars and stuff like that. There's like free certificates you can get now, right, through Let's Encrypt. Yeah. Get those signed. Yeah, that's I mean, what we use for all our stuff, like on twodroptables.ca is Let's Encrypt. Yeah, and that's, you know, I mean, you could, you could send, uh, but the thing is with Let's Encrypt... Uh, yeah, you just send you just send the proper documentation though, right? Like they have still have to know the proper documentation. No, like let's encrypt. You need nothing. Well, that's pretty scary. <laughs> so I could. But you don't be... actually own a SSL certificate for that domain, like you do everything else, right? Like it's exactly. different. It's a bit though. Yeah, it's make it more open source, right, and free, so yeah. that every anybody and everybody and anybody can do it. Well, that's what they want, right? They want anyone to be able to quickly and easily use SSL encryption. They're not proving that they are who they are, really. It's just you need... So there's encryption, and so you can have, you know... Um, I can't even think today, but yeah. Yeah, exactly. So so, so I use uh, SSL certificates, and I get them through Namecheap, and they're through Komodo, and they have like their entry-level ones that are like 11 bucks a year, and they're great. They say they're good for personal websites or whatever. And it only has to validate the domain. It barely deals, even validates your information. Like domains, personal websites, it doesn't do assurance is low, right? Warranty is like 10 grand. It's, you know, three reissues. So it looks like they're pretty easy to get, and you'd have to provide very little information. So who knows what kind of certificates that you're using? Yeah. Exactly, exactly. And then that's the thing. I mean, uh, it's like they've, uh, these certificates that they use, it looks like they were, uh, yeah, was it solidloop.limited? And I'm thinking maybe they uh, generated that themselves using Komodo. So they probably went to Komodo and said, can you generate, we are solidloop.limited, we need a certificate. Yeah, the latest one is Ultimate Computer Support LTD. Uh, that's pretty funny. We will support your computer and take all your information and money along with it. 
So that's the thing. It's it's you know, like just because you see an SSL certificate, just you see a vet, you know the green everyone the green lock, and you're like, oh, it's per it's secure, and you have no idea anymore, and you have to be just be vigilant with what you're going to click click on. Exactly, and that's the thing. I mean, that's and that's what how fishers do it these days. They uh, they're they're relying on that. You know, some people some people like go, oh look, there's it's green secure lock. Okay, uh, I think I'm on the right site, and then boom, they enter their uh, private information, and guess what? They're uh, they get ripped off. Yep. Just like wondering why. <laughs> yeah, looking, uh, I got a doc, uh, the ESET doc here, where they're going over, and it's pretty looks pretty sophisticated. There's actually strings in here, like. Only single player is allowed and stuff. There's just weird, random stuff that they put in. Yeah, I'm looking at the Radio white game. bear one from uh, from uh, Kaspersky, and I uh, got the Yara rules, the uh, the uh, indicators of compromise. Yep. And I'm seeing uh, this is this system mostly affects, uh, or this malware mostly affects uh, Windows machines. So maybe Linux uh, does help. Uh, prevent this or you know more way and so to speak well this is definitely a windows one that the orchestrator runs within explorer.exe mm-hmm. exactly and what it does is it binds and injects itself into a process that legitimately legitimately communicates with the internet like firefox for example oh, yeah exactly and i'm seeing i'm seeing a diagram here yep. that uh, secure list has uh, generated from this and yeah it's uh was it orc um DLL file, you got a trans DLL file. I guess they're, uh, they could be, they don't know the exact uh, DLL file, but uh, they got an idea of what type of DLL file it is. Uh, running Explore process, yeah, it's through Internet Explorer, and then there's the C2 system. That's a command and control system here. The command and control servers are compromised um, WordPress installs yeah that's 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 what it is it's uh, which is pretty common um and that's one of those things that pisses me off right it's like people joe blow out there just decides to install wordpress for a blog and never (laughs) updates it and now the whole internet is harmed because joe blow isn't doing things right yeah they just Um, put it up that's why we run a managed wordpress service which not a lot of people do but so we keep we do your backups we do all your all your updates we uninstall derpy plugins that people on that are all vulnerable oh yeah those yeah derpy plugins lovely that's the thing though people install wordpress and they think it's secure out the box they think you have to do nothing it's like well it's not managed and you need to manage it that's right and that's like goes for anything else i mean the default configuration is not what you want to do you know you go through the configuration you have to make the necessary changes not only that but like wordpress core is decent uh, decently secure these days, but they still find bugs in it. So if you're not hitting the update button or you haven't clicked the auto update or whatever, um, you're going to get owned sooner or later. But the plugins are where a lot of people are getting hit. Exactly. It's one of the things that I s- scan for all the time is the list of vulnerable plugins and you know Nmap and WPS scan and all these things can be configured to automatically look for a list of plugins. And, and yeah, the, at the end of the day, like uh, with plugins, I mean, the, the the product itself can be secured, but then you start adding plugins, and then you increase the attack surface, and so those those plugins uh, need to be scanned as well. And well, you need to update those as well, right? You just Absolutely. made your work a lot more difficult. 
exactly. some of them are some of these plugins are notorious. Like they're consistently uh, generating mm-hmm. insecure code. <laughs> you you got to think it's on purpose sooner or later. Oh, I know exactly. All of them are like image gallery plugins and stuff like that. Yeah. And it's like, oh wait, we should uh, maybe uh, fix those vulnerabilities because uh, people are getting uh, upset. Okay, let's do that. <laughs> let's uh, remove those features. Yeah. If they're not affecting their website and they're not getting spam and whatever, people probably don't know and don't care. Yeah. And that that's the sad thing. And they should care because it'll 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 bite them in the you know eventually it'll come you know, the the rooster you know it'll 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 come you know that will come to roost. Yeah. But decentralizing your command and control is is something neat. Like a lot of in the olden days, everyone used ERC, right? But then someone might be able to get in, take your channel offline, figure out, take your ERC server offline, something, right? So the more distributed you are, like, yeah, we just use handfuls of pwned WordPress boxes. And if a bunch of those get taken offline, we have a whack load more. And they're mm-hmm. probably unlimited at this point in time. Yeah, exactly. So your internet and security hygiene is important for the whole internet. Absolutely. And that's what it comes down to. Like 80%, at least 80%, if not more, if you practice good hygiene, you know, you basically uh, uh, prevent, uh, preventing 80% of uh, security incidents that may hit you down the road. And uh, so if you're, if you're vigilant, you're careful, you know, you're, you reduce your risk substantially. So don't forget about uh, the like security vaccine. hygiene. Recommended security hygiene and compliance to like whatever standards you make uh, for exactly. your organization. Like that's bare minimum at this point yeah. in time. Absolutely, absolutely. And uh, I mean, if uh, if that's what people did, which we aren't seeing, unfortunately, uh, then uh, the internet would be a lot more secure than it is right now. It's crazy. You gotta think that like your your internet aids can spread everywhere <laughs> if you're not careful. But we let anyone attached like to it. It's like a vaccine. Exactly. Everyone needs to do their part, right? Stay protected. Get it. Understand. That's good right. hygiene, and, and and it helps everyone else. Exactly. Put the, put the condom over your RJ45 <laughs> before you plug it in. Exactly. That's right. <laughs> I've seen that image. That's going to be the uh, image for this. <laughs> This, uh, for this episode. This episode, absolutely. Yeah, yeah. Because it makes perfect sense. All right. So, uh, nobody here has anything else to say. Uh, I'm going to uh, end this podcast. Uh, thanks, everyone, for uh, joining. And, uh, yeah, if uh, please leave your comments or if you have anything to say, uh, just let us know. And, uh, yeah, have a great night, everyone. Hey, Good night. Thanks. Good night. That was the Two Drop Tables podcast for this week. If you've got comments or feedback, you can visit our website at twodroptables.ca. That's the number two, droptables.ca. There you can read the show notes and leave a comment on this episode. Or you can email feedback at twodroptables.ca. You can subscribe to us via iTunes, Google Play, SoundCloud, Stitcher, or anywhere else you find fine podcasts. Just go to our website for convenient links or search your podcasting app for Two Drop Tables. Anyway, let's get this shit started.
My name is Dom. I'm doing what was it? Oh yeah, shit. Fuck. <laughs> what are we doing? A podcast? Fuck. Yeah, okay. We're doing a fucking podcast? That's right. Okay. Okay. <laughs> now don't yell so loud. It's complaining in the chat. Dom's oh, microphone audio that. is very loud and maybe clipping. <laughs> <laughs>